Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the In Our Bodies podcast. This is your host, Henry. If you're new here, we are a podcast run by and for people of color who are disabled, chronically ill, and or neurodivergent. But as I've always said, regardless of labels, the goal of this podcast is to celebrate and amplify those who feel othered by society in their mind-body. This week, we have our first returning guest, George Luban. George Lu uses they-she pronouns. George Lu is a multi-talented artist. They do pole dancing, they create beautiful music, and have a voice to match. And they also are a very passionate disability advocate. I have them on this week because they have just launched a disability-centered wellness platform called WellAdapt, and I wanted to know more about it. As always, laughs are had and useful info exchanged. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy. So today I have you on for, um, I don't know, I have you back on for a more specific reason than we did last time. Last time was more of like a general chat. But this time I have you on because you have launched a wellness platform. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, I mean, I've sort of vaguely been calling it like well-being online platform kind of thing. Can we start maybe with um, you giving me just like a little spiel about about what it is that you're trying to make? Yeah, I, I can do that. Um, the, the sort of short of it is that essentially it's supposed to be an online platform that provides well-being resources made for and by broadly disabled people. Um, but I sort of, I know some people don't identify with that term, so mm-hmm. you can also sort of say disabled or neurodivergent or with a chronic health condition, um, in general, that kind of grouping and in terms of well-being resources it's supposed to be in the long term sort of mental health resources and um, physical exercise resources uh, but in the short term uh, as we were speaking about earlier we're starting with with mental health just because we got to start somewhere yeah and uh we have gone a whole two minutes and have not mentioned the name of it so george lou what is the name of this wellness platform <laughs> that's a really good point uh, it's called well adapt um cool that's awesome why do you feel like like why did you decide that you wanted to do this oh lots of reasons um i am disabled and I guess I just got really tired <laughs> of how most sort of well-being resources are very, very abled or non-disabled focused. Mm. Um, and they don't say that out loud. That's... What does that mean? What does like, like non-disabled focus mean to you? So I guess slightly different things for mental health and for, for physical exercise. For mm-hmm. mental health, for example... I have done over the years a lot of mindfulness meditation. I find it really helpful for lots of different reasons. Um, But mostly, like, for example, they'll ask you to sit in really specific positions with no sense of you may or may not actually be able to, or that may be really, really painful. Yeah. They make assumptions throughout about, like, you probably not being in pain all the time and will say things like, feel all of the comfort throughout your body. And then mm-hmm. in my head, I'm thinking, what comfort? Like, That's true. Um, so I, I find just 
not just mindfulness meditation, even things like therapy, they are often created with this built in assumption that you have good health Mm. or that good health is the goal. Um, Mm. I I could ramble a lot about places where that has been the ablest in my opinion, but I'll move on to the sort of physical exercise. I feel like is more sort of obviously non-disabled focused, just things like if you have low mobility, finding exercise resources is just really, really hard. And Um, nobody even talks about or considers stuff like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I mentioned the last time we spoke, it took me like five years of no exercise. And then I finally found a pole dance instructor mm-hmm. that had a similar condition to me and was finally able to exercise at all. Yeah. Um, and just, I think that experience was probably a large part of me being like, well, actually people do know how to do this. Mm-hmm. People do know how to exercise with certain conditions I have obviously been altering all of the mindfulness things I've been doing to actually not be assuming a certain level of health. Mm-hmm. Um, so if those things exist, then they should exist for everybody, not just for me um, or in really small groups. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to learn fitness from a, a disabled fitness instructor, and mostly that's got to be like, what like 10 people tops in one class and I guess I just want to like make this broadly available like it is broadly available for um abled people yeah I also think for like physical I don't know uh resources for like physical exercise and stuff obviously I think it's changing a little bit more now but I think that there is still like a goal of certain amounts of excellence but also like physical change that is part of it as well like appearance right and like yeah I think that just the whole concept of not considering people who are like have low mobility or just have concerns with uh certain parts of their bodies their joints and stuff just is a really big oversight for people who consider themselves professionals of the physical apparently I'm using air quotes for people who are listening yeah. uh, of, of the physical body. It's kind of like, if you're really an expert, then this is shit that you should know about. Like, and if you don't, then I don't think that you're really that much of an expert because you know, people's bodies just come in so many different like needs and shapes and sizes and stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 It's um, it is really difficult. I think the, like, for example, with yoga, there's, like, this assumption that you want to get to, like, the whole, you know, being able to put your legs behind your head thing. <laughs> and which is kind of silly because I, at least as far as I know, yoga was always, like, a practice, like, something that you do every day or do regularly, mm. not, like, I'm supposed to get here, just mm. I'm supposed to do the thing. Mm. And I think that is also why I've wanted both mental and physical health together because mm. I think so much about you know, being disabled or having a chronic health condition and trying to do exercise, half the barriers are kind of mental because totally. you've got this idea in your head that, well, what's the point unless I can get to this thing? Yeah. Probably you're never going to be able to. Um, yeah. And then, which sucks because exercise is good to do for the doing, not for the result. Yeah, it's really beneficial for so many different 
parts of you, whether it's just kind of like being able to move so like you can experience your body a little bit differently. And like, that's kind of important, just kind of like feeling your body or just tuning into your body but also like endorphins right like whether whatever kind of movement it can be for a person like that can be kind of beneficial like beyond just like getting to some kind of like tier or accolade of 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 movement right if I'm thinking about um my own experience with like phys- like for, cur- currently thinking about like physical health I come from a very um, athletic family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my parents like swim and play badminton and go to the gym. All my like my sister like snowboard, skis, blah blah, like mountain bike. Like all of my cousins have always done a lot of sport. I just have never like been able to do it. And obviously, it's, this is something we talked about last time, or maybe we didn't. But like you know, because of growing up with a lot of like physical pain I was always lazy and not able to do stuff and like it took a long time to realize that like just because I can't do things to the caliber in which like you know my family can do them or the other people I know doesn't mean that like I'm not valid in in my journey with my body or like for with for more a specific example like I never thought that like I was good at hiking because like, you know, like I'm not doing solo backpack trips, like in the mountains or whatever. Right. But like, I get to experience nature too. It doesn't matter if it's just fucking 20 minutes and it's like a, not a steep incline and that's all I can do. Like that doesn't mean that I'm invalid in my abilities to experience nature. But I think that like, I, I've been told that a lot in my life, right? And I find that really, it took, it took like, I'm almost fucking 30 and it like took till now to really feel even able to say that out loud and feel valid and decide that like other people's opinions in terms of like what my relationship with my body was like, you know, like their opinions of it didn't matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have had a a bit of a similar experience because I, I was, I think we did speak about this last time. (laughs) I was a kid that really wanted to be active. Mm. Um, I just, I'm not, (laughs) I have low mobility and, and chronic pain, but I don't find sitting still very easily, which Mm. is all sorts of interesting inside my head. Um, but it, yeah, it does take a really long time to just be like, well, I'm going to do what I can do. And that's, as you say, totally valid. Um, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot, actually, in terms of well adapt, because I, I was sort of trying to write down, I guess, like, it's a bit cor- corporate but like a mission statement or like a yeah. vision. But hey, um, but like... The reason why corporate statements sometimes work is because like it is sometimes good to like boil down into section things and to like effectively communicate, right? Like Yeah, exactly. Um and I I I just been thinking a lot about well like the goal is to sort of help people in general have I guess daily practices or weekly practices that over time give them skills that help them 
have a life that they enjoy. Mm. But I think sometimes you can't gain those skills unless you know that they exist. Um, mm. and, I, yes. and I think it's such a big thing with disability and, and moving or like exercise where because everybody you see doing exercise or any kind of sport, or as you say, just like hiking is, is visibly usually totally abled mm-hmm. um, and just like aiming for that high caliber. It's like, it just doesn't even occur to you that there's like another way or another yeah. thing that yeah. you could be aiming for. Yeah. And I think that's like so much, I mean, what I hope for well adapt and it's sort of being built by other disabled people yeah. is that, hopefully that shows anybody who's like looking at the social media or any of the resources like look this other disabled person they made these resources so obviously it is possible and obviously there is another way because it they did it so yeah I guess I'm just um really hoping that by being publicly doing this yeah it will start to like percolate in some people's heads that there is a way way to be considered yeah you know I think that like I think that there's so much like in our society or in how experienced our society or the people around me is that like oh I can't do it to the caliber they can so I'm just not considered at all or I'm not expected or I'm not like worked with you know yeah and I think that's the worst part it's kind of like as you were saying, like you, you don't even know that's a possibility because once you've, you know, even took the time to like set the boundary, be like, hey, I can't actually. I've decided that maybe it's not in my <clears throat> post like realm of possibility to like solo fifty pound backpack hike like, and then because I've decided that that wasn't a thing, people go like, oh well, fuck you then. Like you, like this is not this is not a thing that you can do. There's no. Mm-hmm there's no consideration of like you or, or like a person in the body they have and how to actually just work with that or work with like what maybe the certain individual wants from their body. You know, there isn't even that option to dream or to consider it. Right. Like we've just decided, like people have decided for us, like to count us out often. Yes. You know, and then you learn that mindset in your own head. You count yourself out and then yeah well, it's so reinforced and it like fucking hurts my feelings sometimes when yeah. like sometimes like I I remember there's this once like I was like humming and hawing about being able to like go to the lake with some friends because uh I love swimming but it's a really complicated relationship with my skin like sometimes dipping in the water I'll sometimes I'll still do it but when I come out like my whole body will just burn for like a good 15 minutes but then like I'll still want to swim because I love to swim but sometimes but sometimes I can't right and like I I was really hurt I was like kind of humming and hawing being like I don't know if I want to go to the lake and like the person that I was with was like well you can't do it anyway though right like you can't like they just decided for me that I and I I kind of get sometimes I kind of get why but I, it's also just like I hate like you already it's such a weird balance between people kind of respecting and you know anticipating accessibility needs but then when it gets to the point where they're like oh you just can't 
do that, right? Like, I I kind of get where they're coming from it, but it really fucking hurts my feelings. I'm just like, yeah. you know what I mean? I do. And I've had to actually sort of like say to a few friends quite explicitly, like, it doesn't matter if you think I can't still ask me. Yeah. Um, just because it, it does really hurt when people just right? count me out of, of things. It, it does hurt. Especially things you want to do. Especially yeah. things that you're interested in instead of like, and I get that maybe like, I don't know, half the time I really can't do it, but like, I don't know. It just makes me feel like people are like exhausted by my inability to do stuff or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was wondering, so like how, how long, so right now, I I think I mentioned this earlier in the episode, you said that the goal is for it to be an app, but currently it is a website platform. Yeah. How long has it taken so far to make WellAdapt? And like, is it just you? Like, who's who's coming up with this stuff? <laughs> um, so, uh, how long? I can I can track back to so the i'm one of those people that has a lot of ideas about things they would like to do Mm. in terms of like business ideas and um i i think just because there's a lot of change i want to see in the world Mm, there's so many different things i could do to enact that change um so well adapt i guess officially was decided on as the thing I should like stick to mm-hmm. um, was there was like a, gr- a grant. I think it was called like the young entrepreneurs grant in the UK. Cool. And so I had to pick something cause I had to pitch something for the grant. Uh, and that was like, Oh, I can't last year. Summertime. Last, was it, it last summer? I just remember, I remember when you very initially kind of gave a little call out on Instagram asking about, like, I think you were already, like, you were thinking about it. I don't remember what you were asking, like, your people, like, in terms of resources or whatever. But yeah, Hmm. has it been a whole year already? No way. Yeah, it was. So that was definitely September last year. Okay. Um, and I was asking people to fill out a market research survey mm, with the intention yes. of being like, I'm going to put it on this grant application. But that grant application, actually, the deadline was before I managed to get my act together with the, <laughs> with the market research. But I did use that market research to apply to another grant, which I actually did get. So yes. thank you, everybody who filled that in, because genuinely. Yes, um, good. Uh, good. Really, really I remember. Helped. I remember doing that. Yes. OK, it was a survey. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Good. Um, good. So, yeah, roughly like a year. Wait, what month is it? Like a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess I didn't really get started on anything properly until that grant came in. Okay. That did happen. And that was at the beginning of this year. So this year-ish. And I've worked with a few different people um, to sort of get things started. So like the, I I worked with like a web designer who's also an accessibility specialist. Cool. um, Called Hannah, who's been really, really great. And so she sort of helped me get the first bit of the website up. And then my partner, who is lovely, uh, is also uh, like an an engineering manager. So they did the first sort of web development for the first version of the website for free. 
amazing and I'm very very lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then I used that website to get more funding. Um, And now I'm working with somebody who's also really great, but not my partner because I can't keep asking them to do things for free. Um, Still Hannah for the the accessibility and the design, um, Mm. but a different web developer who is really great, who is um, visually impaired. So like really, really valuable in terms of like helping me make sure that the website is really, really usable with screen readers and stuff Mm. like that. So I I really loved that. Awesome. Um, How did you find these people? I found both Hannah and Pankaj, who is the current web developer on um, on Upwork, uh, which is Upwork. like a, a freelancer platform. Cool. Um, which just makes things a bit easier because then you don't have to like figure out contracts and, and stuff like that. Nice. Um, I'm doing, so <laughs> I did also on Upwork hire someone to write the first mindfulness series. And then I was going to okay. do like some edits, but I just couldn't, I guess, um, I don't think I realized how much my opinion was going to matter. <laughs> um, there. And basically I had to, I had to scrap it and just write it myself. Um, Cause it's so important to me that it's as inclusive as is humanly possible. Mm. Um, and I don't think I realized how difficult it was to communicate to another person what I meant by that level of inclusivity um I think yeah I think inclusivity slash accessibility means different things to different people right so yeah um yeah and communicating that even like with like feedback and edits it just wasn't it wasn't working so I sort of just you know took what they they gave me and maybe I'll use it for something in future but I've been doing that writing myself um and then I have some lovely people helping me with user testing I'm actually going to do a little bit of a shout out now because I do need more user testers and before we launch. So okay. if anybody is disabled or neurodivergent or has a chronic health condition and they would like to user test some um, mindfulness meditation for free, um, then yes. just do drop me a message either on Inst- on the WellAdapt Insta or on our website. There's like a little sign up form well-adapt.com so please do that also george lou is always continuously looking for investors and for that money so if anybody's got some money and wants to invest in some accessible freaking made by disabled chronically ill neurodivergent people like wellness platform please throw your money at them (laughs) yes please (laughs) yes please um yeah oh speaking of like so creating like mindfulness course uh as we currently said uh on the website right now it's just mindfulness course Mm, there is no resources yet for physical health stuff something that really like piqued my interest is that there is I believe there is a course for um mindfulness for chronic pain yeah and I'm super interested in that because something I feel a lot of frustration about is that throughout my life having dealt with like so much like really immediate pain or like constant sensorial discomfort nobody had ever taught me to deal with it Mm. really like I think sometimes like here and there people have kind of been like meditate 
but like never and but it's really hard when like yeah as you were saying before like I can't really sit still very well like I have a lot of chronic pain and when like I'm constantly itchy and also like have ADHD and all of this shit like it's so hard and I think I tried it when I was like I don't know like a kid or a teenager like and without like proper guidance as to kind of like people were just like go clear your mind and sit somewhere quietly and I was just kind of like okay um (laughs) but it's I didn't I didn't know that there was a correlation or a need to kind of find certain amounts of peace within myself and that could help with just my day-to-day in terms of dealing with my body I want to know more about what this mindfulness course for chronic pain looks like what like what does it consider how does it carry out Mm. sure so I think Perhaps the first thing I should say is that it's not going to cure chronic pain. No, <laughs> um, sure. Um, it the the essentially the use of it is trying to find, I guess, some calm in your head mm-hmm. when you are having bad pain. Um, and the way mindfulness kind of does that broadly is it gives you, I guess, a, a repeated method that you use a repeated headspace that you go to mm. when you're sort of trying not to be overwhelmed with pain uh, mm. or with, you know, anxiety or depression or, or one of those things. Sure. Um, and it's one of these really difficult things to explain without doing it. Mm. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to sort of um, maybe talk about some of the things that it hopes to counteract is probably a good way and if you tell me if things don't or do make sense to you that's going to be really helpful yeah I I will I'll ask questions (laughs) Uh, Um, (laughs) I think broadly one of the first things that mindfulness meditation tries to do and this is not just for chronic pain is to stop you sort of engaging in I guess negative thought cycles so for chronic pain that negative thought cycle could look something like I'm in so much pain. Why can't my body do this? I hate my body for doing this. Mm. And then you might go somewhere in your head. You might try to argue with that thought. Mm. Like, oh no, my body's trying its best. But then because you're in pain, there's another voice in your head that's going, well, it still sucks and I hate it. And I wish I could be away from it. Um, And that kind of thought cycle, although is totally valid, it's just going to add to the distress. Mm. Um, So what mindfulness tries to do is really validate those thoughts, like not try and push them away, not try Mm. to say these are bad thoughts or these are bad feelings, but also it teaches you not to engage with them so that it's Mm. not a cycle. It's a, your brain says, I hate my body. And then mindfulness teaches you to sort of be like okay so that was a thought I had and it's valid Mm. and then refocus on something else so that usually in mindfulness is um following your breath Mm. or if you're like walking it can be like following the feeling of your feet on the ground and things like Mm. that so it's like validate refocus 
and that Mm. kind of cycle you practice regularly and then when you're having a really bad pain day and you start sort of feeling a lot of mental distress around that Mm. um it's a lot easier to sort of go back to that that strategy and be like okay I'm having these thoughts Mm -hmm. but that's all right Mm -hmm. they're valid pain also valid but I'm not going to engage um so that's sort of like I guess the first thing that mindfulness does is it helps you stop amplifying the emotional distress Mm -hmm. that comes with chronic pain so I guess that's the sort of minimum that it does um and then what we're also going to be trying to do is something that I have had a go at with other mindfulness providers where essentially they try to do a similar thing with the pain itself um like being sort of present with it and not judging it uh but we're going to try and do it a bit (laughs) a bit better um than they have sort of giving you mental exercises because I think the thing with the thing with pain is that um it yells at you Mm. a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. A little (laughs) bit. George Lowe. Yes. (laughs) It yells loudly in your head. And it it makes sense because your body's trying to be like, focus on this. This thing needs to change. But when it's chronic, there's no change in the thing. It's not like a broken leg where you're like, stay off the leg. Um, It's a it's going to be for a long time. So f- yeah. for chronic pain, I guess mindfulness is trying to give you a mental approach of listening to that yelling, but with enough distance that it's not becoming overwhelming. And that can look like a lot of different things. You can sort of do visualizations that help you stay present with the pain so that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to yell at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but while giving you something to focus on that takes the edge off a bit. And I realize it's really hard to describe what mindfulness is supposed to do because practicing it is kind of, as in like doing it is the best way to figure out what works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, sure. So <laughs> I, I don't know that, if any, I think that also, yeah, 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 totally. And um, I'm gonna add my, I don't know. I want to, I want to, and now I'm going to say things. <laughs> say things. Um, yeah. I also think that like, it's gonna just depend on what you usually have been doing to be managing your pain in the first place. Yeah. Some people get into really negative, like, uh, like thought cycles, right? And like maybe some of your like practices kind of will help just at least break that cycle. And that could then be helpful to kind of at least like not add like shit on top of already like a bad situation, right? Like you're already in pain. I think we also talked about this. Guys, go listen to the last episode. We talked about some great stuff. We keep referring to it, but it was true. Like, we're talking about like, I think last time we were like, okay, we're already like super low mobility in the day. Like, can we just, can we not also shit on ourselves for being like that? Cause that is not nice. And just, I think can make a physical body feel worse possibly. Like yeah. I can, I, I will only speak for myself. I think that that could be possible. And like some other people, 
I think that like sometimes it would be me like I am kind of uh anxiously avoidant it'll it'll I'll just push it in the back of my mind it won't really go anywhere there'll be there'll be this like low hum and I'll just kind of freeze and not do anything but feel like shit all day because I haven't acknowledged it yeah you know yeah that's that's why the I think acknowledgement and validation part of mindfulness is also so important Mm -hmm. because it's not just about being like well I'm not going to focus on this thought it's about letting the thought happen yeah also. yeah um, being like it's okay you're allowed you're allowed in I'm not going to yeah. engage with you but we can we can say that to ourselves, and it's okay yeah and building that kind yeah so like what I was saying is kind of like it depends on what your kind of base treatment of your because you know we all try like all I, I try to feel a little neutral about like whatever coping mechanisms we do have I think we're always just trying to like keep ourselves safe in certain ways but Mm -hmm. like from where when you start from that place it's like then you find maybe what can work better whether it is like trying to break the like anxiety speaking cycles or like for me like actually getting to a place where maybe I think mindfulness might help like build one's own confidence to self-soothe as well yeah. is that is that correct I don't know I won't I won't I'm not I'm not I'm I not the one so. making the app. <laughs> I, I think so I think the way I frame it in my own head that kind of thing I think also it's um kind of like giving it's like building trust with yourself yeah with those thoughts with those parts of yourself that often we like decide to I just only think about negatively or just fucking completely avoid like you know yeah exactly yeah and those those thoughts they get silenced so often yeah Um, and I think it's like creating a space for those to appear and not to you know am I allowed to swear yeah yeah like not tell those thoughts to fuck off just let them happen and yeah you know like still treating them reasonably neutrally but you know, not trying to avoid them, just letting letting them yeah. be there. And I think the more we practice, obviously to like certain person's capacity and all of this stuff, but personally, when I feel capable, the more I can engage and just like go like, and face it in a time where I actually feel capable or feel settled in myself and be like, let's really look at this in a in a place where I feel able to and feel calm to like then the the notions of pain and the notions of how it exists in your body or exist in my body start to change you know like they start to sometimes be less frantic because like again like physical pain or maybe like mental anguish or all of these things they they work in layers, right? They work in a lot of different layers. They're working on your ego. They're working on your, a bunch of this stuff. And when you kind of come get to work and come to a place and feel like you are a settled person to kind of like, I always see, I always see it as like separating these parts and, and who I am and speaking to them. Like it helps me a lot to be, to be doing that yeah I don't know I find I find that I find that helpful sometimes yeah same 
I I do tend to, and I never know if this is just like, I, I don't know if other people do this in their heads as well, but I, I do also sort of, I guess, have multiple me's and some of them are mm-hmm. really distressed. And yeah, it's useful to be able to like talk to that part of you and mm-hmm. be like, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're right about it everything really depending on on where you're coming from yeah um and I think that's one of the challenges we've been having sort of creating versions of things because Mm. (laughs) I can create versions for you know as you say for like avoidant people who come from like an avoidant place or people who come from a anxious thought cycle place Mm. my problem (laughs) is describing those things to people and having them recognize them within yourself because Mm. I think both of us spend probably more time than the average person thinking about the way we think. Um, (laughs) So I think that like, if I were to try to like communicate which version of the chronic pain mindfulness was going to work for you, it might Mm -hmm. be a bit easier because you'd already done some thinking about how your own head engages Mm -hmm. with your pain and engages with thoughts around your pain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I really, at the moment, just I'm finding it really difficult to, figure out how to describe those things well enough mm. that the right people will access the right resource for their own headspace. And maybe it's a, a bit impossible for me to, I think sometimes I have this issue with trying to get things a hundred percent right. And maybe I should aim more for mm. like, so is the platform going to be like, okay, these are the variety of courses and then you can pick them. Are there chances for you or maybe when you expand um consultants to maybe kind of get to actually chat with people to then maybe like understand to either personalize certain things for people or at least point them towards the right course like what is are there plans for stuff like this or what's the what's the vibe yeah so the the sort of first thing that we're doing along those lines is like basically every resource is going to have a quiz associated with it. Mm. So the quiz will basically, you'll pick like the format, you'll pick things like, I have difficulty focusing because either you have ADHD or brain fog. Mm. Um, so it will adapt resources that way. Mm. Um, so that's sort of like the basic level of customization for things there. And that's where the whole wording thing so people understand what you mean problem is coming in. Yeah, I get it. I, do in the future want to have some better way of signposting people to things Mm. because at the beginning it's going to be a bit easier because we're only going to have like two or three actual resources each will have lots of different versions Mm -hmm. um based on that quiz but it's a bit easier to signpost people to what you think might be useful Mm -hmm. but as we have as we like build more resources i think that's going to become a much greater issue in terms of like how to signpost people to the right thing and yeah consultants are are one way to do that definitely um I'm also kind of hoping to build a bit of a community around things so that Mm. like community members can signpost each other Mm, yeah yeah um like I don't know how it's gonna look it might be like a Facebook group and maybe somebody could ask like I'm having this issue what resource do you think would be useful and if mm-hmm. people have tried them they can mm-hmm. signpost um because sometimes I think communities do that kind of thing better than consultants do totally 
because they will have tried things themselves and they can say, well, it didn't work for me because mm. X, Y, Z, or yeah. it did work for me. And I, yeah, and I guess I'm I'm trying to make resources where it's okay if they don't work for you. Yeah. Like it's the purpose of these things are not to fit everyone. No. I'm trying to fit, you know, make them as accessible as possible and make yeah. sure there are adaptions yeah. so that they can be. But it's broadly, I hope in future we'll have enough resources that even if one doesn't work, another one might. Yeah. And yeah, sorry. Did that answer your question? I kind of went yeah. off on a bit of a tangent. No, no. I think it also just like, especially when we're or you're creating a resource where it's just so severely like non-existent in this in in the ether or like in fucking in, in society that like you're trying to hit so many points right like there's such a pressure to kind of want to do all of it and it's it's not possible right and hope but yeah. like hopefully like by the fact that you're creating this at all like the hope is that like somebody else will also create like another disability app and like there's there'll be there'll be a variety of them at some point and you know then you won't have the pressure to have to answer all questions for all things because like like how do we how does one even like disability chronic illness neurodivergence is such a like such like the more I kind of go into the world and like, who is actually able-bodied? Like most people are just masquerading. Let's be fucking real. Or like, they're just like ignoring their access needs. Like we're all so fucking different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. I, I have, I, I think that sometimes, and then I wonder if this is like confirmation bias or like selection bias. Do I just, <laughs> do we just chill with cool disabled people? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I this, you know, I, I'm, I'm polyamorous and I was saying this to, to my, both my partners the other day where it's like, if we have a friend, there's like a 99% chance that if they aren't already like out, that at some point they will come out as queer, neurodivergent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and or disabled because we don't really have many friends that aren't and most of the time when we do they do later on realize that yes they probably also do have ADHD or are autistic or yeah it happens I think that maybe maybe this is just like a diversifying of definition of what it actually just means to be a person you know what I mean possibly yeah um yeah and I think I think it will be important to me, I I think, I can't promise for my future self, but I think mm. it will be important for me for well adapt to always be centered around um I guess uh, to center disabled people broadly. Mm. Um, even if we sort of in the future realize, you know, this is useful for almost everybody because almost everybody has access needs and one size fits all is not necessarily working out very well mm-hmm. um but i think it will always be important to be still centering i guess the concept of yeah. disability yes. rather than because I've, I've actually had quite a few people be like well why don't you just make it for everyone <laughs> and i'm no like, yeah, <laughs> no already stuff for everyone what is- what does that even mean? Yeah, like I had somebody like who was quite annoyed 
who left me a message like, well, I don't think it's fair that you're making this for disabled people because I'm, fucking- I'm not disabled and I need help too. And I was like, okay. Um, that's like white people being mad that like, there's like, you know, like, Certain, like certain spaces like it's like black only spaces they're like that's racism it's like um well is it though <laughs> yeah like you have a gajillion other spaces that you could be in like we don't are you like you know disabled people don't have that many spaces and we're trying to just trying to create some space so i don't really know what's happening right now yeah i yeah it is like i think the utmost in enabled privilege or white privilege or whichever privilege to be like (laughs) all spaces must be for me because you're so used to them all being for you also who's to say that like the resources wouldn't be useful for them just because they don't identify as disabled. Like, really? I'm pretty sure they probably would find it useful as well. Let's be real. Yeah, but I think that's what they were thinking, but they just didn't want to use it because it said disabled on it, which is all sorts of... Yeah, I know. (sighs) Yeah, that's a a whole other... um... (laughs) Oh, I wanted to quickly ask about, like, for anybody who was wondering, like, the specifics of, like... What are you considering in terms of access needs for people for the platform and for mm-hmm. the courses, like right now? So at minimum, right now, there are always going to be features like closed captions. There are always going to be transcripts because I know lots of people find it, would prefer to like read it rather than you know experience it with audio or with video mm-hmm. there's always going to be bsl so british sign language mm. hopefully expanding that out to other sign languages too but mm-hmm. bsl first because i'm british and that's where i am right now right um so those are the minimums so always i guess trying to make sure meeting all kinds of sensory requirements uh mm. is sort of bare minimum Mm-hmm. Um, then for the first set of mindfulness meditations, there will be sort of to sort of make sure that we're not asking anybody to do physical things they can't. There's going to be a range of sort of physical options, so like walking or sitting or laying down, or an option for if you know you're going to need to chop and change those um, throughout. So making sure of those things, and then also there's going to be sort of two. I guess neurodiversity adaptions, but um, not necessarily just for neurodivergent people. So one of them is going to be for difficulty focusing, mm. um, which can be for sort of ADHD t- ADHD type brains, but mm. also can be for brain fog or anything that sort of impairs attention mm-hmm. um, or changes attention, I should say. Uh, and then there's also going to be an adaption that. I know lots of autistic people that I know will find useful, but can be very broad. Um, It's basically for mistrust in any kind of method that you don't understand the rationale for. Mm. So it will mean that the the rationale for any of the methodologies used will be explained before you engage with the actual exercise. Cool. Um, Yeah, which is currently what I'm working on now, which is why I'm so much like, it's so hard to explain mindfulness. Mm. but yes, uh, because I know I know a lot of people that uh, struggle with accessing mental health services in particular. 
when it's supposed to be somebody else in control of yeah. the process and not explaining really... it to you exactly yeah. um so those are going to be sort of like the adaptions the minimum minimum adaptions to begin with i would like to add more um but for example i really did want to have one for dissociation in terms of um like panic attacks and trauma mm. because i do make adaptions for those things myself if I'm having a panic attack but I was feeling a little bit unqualified to do it without a professional overseeing the writing Mm, yeah so I didn't want to add that in until I had enough money to really make sure that I have uh like somebody more qualified than me I am reasonably qualified but I didn't feel qualified enough for for that yeah yeah that's actually like a really good thing to be considering because like um I don't know even it's just like it came from a time where I like went to therapy and so, like they opened something they activated or opened something up in in conversation and then the the session ended and that thing was just left open and I was like what do I do now like I have a whole week and that like that thing has just been like unearthed within me and like I was not ready and like and that can be very traumatizing. So like I told my therapist afterwards and then like we had like methods of grounding, methods of things of like when unwanted feelings or un- or unexpected things come up, like how do we then um, find ourselves back to a safe space, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And grounding techniques were the ones that I, I had wanted to implement, but it's such a yeah it's such a big thing I don't want to make promises to somebody who's having a a, being triggered by a trauma that yeah can definitely help with that unless I'm like (laughs) I feel there's a big responsibility there to really make sure Mm -hmm. that you know what you're doing but Mm -hmm. yes um along those lines like grounding techniques for that kind of thing um is what I is what I want for the the future okay um for like our last five minutes I wanted just to play a game (laughs) I have I have the names of four platforms. Well, how do I explain this? I'm going to give you four names of platforms and one of them is fake and three of them is real. (laughs) And you're going to have to guess which one is fake and which one is real. Just for the the fun of it, because why not? Go for it. Okay, so the first one is called Virgin Pulse. Uh, for the <laughs> listeners, George Liu is looking very shocked and disgusted. <laughs> um, the second sure. one is called Get Back to It. Okay. The third one is called Happify. Okay. And the fourth one is called Laughing at My Nightmare. Ah, see, I know that last yeah. one. That's Shane Berkshire. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Providing like um, mostly, I think um, things for like physical assistance or like money towards people who need equipment for mobility issues. I think that's maybe what it is. I will link all of this below, by the way. Yeah. The I I've read his book that's titled the same which is just him talking about his disability and his life with disability and a lot of ableism. Mm -hmm, That's uh, mm -hmm. 
but I don't know about the, the, the platformy bit of that. So I know that one's real. Okay. Uh, so, okay, I want to, I'll rename the three just because I want to say it again. Virgin Pulse. <laughs> um, get back to it. And Happify. Which one is the made up one? Okay. I'm going to guess that the made-up one isn't Virgin Pulse because I feel like you wouldn't have come up with that randomly. I mean, maybe you did. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes I feel like life is weirder than fantasy. And we can make up. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not that one. I hmm, Get back to it, Happify. I think get back to it is the made-up one because it's a bit more reasonable. God damn it. You're right! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Why would we expect reasonable titles for things? Damn it! (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sacrifice sounds too corporate not to exist. Oh, yeah. my reasoning there. It's, uh, there's, like, I saw on Happify, I will not tag these, these, these ones I will not tag, but, um, they... They're like, yeah, become like 20% happier, like track your happiness, like this things will make you happier. And I, I haven't looked into it. Maybe it is like good and does well, but I think that anything that kind of quantifies happiness in percentages for me is a little of an oversimplification of um, what any of that means and virgin pulse is the one that uh is made by um i think you know virgin mobile uh-huh. and they're the one that i was telling you like uh before we recorded that like it's like you know optimize your employees well-being so they can be better but mostly to be better to work better yeah <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah yeah uh, yeah, I <laughs> am I allowed to judge other companies yes, now? That do. I, yeah, do. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think overpromising is particularly with the like the Happify thing. I think it's really difficult. Um, and I, I can I can vaguely see why they like frame, frame it that way from a marketing perspective, yeah, because you have very little time to explain to people what they're going to get out of using your resources. Yeah. So I I, I can, but it is just those percentages though. Like, yeah. What does 20% happier even mean? I don't know. That was just like my, in my kind of shallow research of it. I don't know. Maybe it is like an amazing application or is helpful, but I just find it a little iffy to percentify happiness (laughs) or what happiness even means. But um, yeah, that wraps up our conversation, George Lou. I always love talking to you. It's so thank nice. you. It's great. Chat. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for the taking the time. Congratulations for making this. We're doing the damn thing. It's not easy. And yeah, I wish you all the luck for the future. Thank you. <laughs> That's the episode, folks. All of the information for George Lou's social media, the social media for Well Adapt, along with lots else we mentioned, will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed that. Chats with soft humans always really fills my soul. Until next time.